Hello everyone and welcome to the Saturday Mailbag Show, KBS Listener's Lounge, coming to you from Seoul, the capital of South Korea. It's Saturday, July 15th, 2017, and as always, we've got the latest listeners' letters, messages, and reports we receive from you coming right up. So please stay tuned. I'm Lawrence Taylor. And I'm Kim Ji-eun. We'll be right back. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Jian. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. That's good to know. I have a question. Um, do you remember the first tour site in Seoul, or in Korea, rather, you visited when you first came here? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, I came here in 2013, and I went to Gyeongbokgung Palace on my first weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being really impressed. Mm. Uh, it was my first time in Asia at all, oh, actually, okay. so everything was new to me. Uh, and actually, the following weekend, I went to North Seoul Tower, Uh, But at the time, I didn't know it was the romantic spot in the capital, basically, for couples. Right. A lot of people propose there. Right, right. Uh, Actually, my friend proposed to his now wife there. Oh, really? That's cool. Right. Um, I just went there to get a view of the city, actually. But Mm -hmm. then when I told my co-workers that I went alone, they kind of thought I was a bit strange. No, I've been... I haven't been up the tower on my own, but I have been to Namsan or the Namsan Mountain on my own, too. Um, just because it's a nice place. Yeah, it's a great yeah. view as well. Right. Uh, and where would you recommend to, uh, or rather take your friends from England if they were to visit Seoul? Uh, actually, my family is coming to Korea for the first time in October. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's great. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take them to Guanjang Market. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most famous market here in Seoul. Uh, they can try some traditional Korean food uh, and then walk by uh, Cheonggaecheon Stream. It's Sounds very good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also in Sedong. Mm. Uh, they can pick up some souvenirs there. Uh, what about you? Where would you take your friends from Canada? Well, most of my high school friends have actually visited me in Korea already. And I usually take them to at least one of the major palaces in Seoul. There are several, actually. And my favorite is uh, Changgyeonggung Palace. But if they only want to go to just one palace, then I take them to Gyeongbokgung Palace because I think it's the most um, well-reconstructed and also the most visited and the most historical, even. Right, it's kind of a must-see when you come to Seoul, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, you know, I actually assume the palaces would be the top tourist site in Korea, uh, but apparently Gyeongbokgung is only actually the second most popular destination Uh, according to the Korean Culture and Tourism Institute statistics. uh, A theme park just on the southern outskirts of Seoul was actually the most popular. Yeah, that's actually a bit of a surprise for me. I mean, as much as I love the... Well, some of the rides there, and uh, they have nice animals there too. It it is uh, attached to a zoo, and it is very big, and it's nice. (laughs) I'm trying to say it's nice, but it's no international... Places like Disneyland or Universal Studios. And there are quite a few of those in nearby countries in Japan and in China. Yeah, right. I guess maybe it's the zoo and the safari that kind of adds mm-hmm. to the attraction there and adds to the appeal. Uh, and also the stats included both international and local tourists. Uh, so maybe that had something to do with the result. Mm, right. I guess not many Koreans feel the need to go to the palaces because they think... Uh, schools often take students there on field trips. As Lauren said, Gyeongbokgung Palace came second on the list, followed by Kintex in Koyang, where actually I have taken my friends uh, from Canada too because they had the Seoul Motor Show there uh, okay. several years ago. Uh, of course, uh, Kintex is in Koyang, Gyeonggi-do province. Suncheon Bay in Jeollanam-do province followed, and it was also followed by Imjingak in Paju, Gyeonggi-do province, another place I took my friends because it's really 
really close to the DMZ, and they were interested in the whole division of the peninsula. So right, and it's famous for the, uh, all the bookshops as well. Mm-hmm. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the list were the Seoul uh, Racecourse Park in Gwacheon, Gyeonggi-do Province, uh, where I visited last month for mm-hmm. my birthday. Uh, there's the National Museum of Korea in Yongsan, Seoul, uh, Nami Island in Chuncheon, and also Songsan Sunrise Peak in Jeju. Uh, Jian, how many of these places have you been to? I've been to all of them that we mentioned so far, except for Suncheon Bay, the Racecourse Park, and also Nami Island in Chuncheon. But all the other places I've been multiple times. What about yourself? Uh, I haven't been to Suncheon or Nami Island either. Mm-hmm. I hear Nami Island's really nice, so it's definitely on my list. That's another uh, very couply place, okay, apparently. Right. Thanks for the heads up. Uh-huh. Uh, and I haven't been to the National Museum yet either, so I have to go there sometime. Uh, everywhere else I've been to, though, mm-hmm. uh, is there anywhere else that you would recommend aside from those that made it onto the list? Well, I think we already mentioned this several times, but I really love all the palaces. I used to just go to one to take walks, especially in the springtime when there are lots of flowers. But it has been a while since the last time I went. I think it was uh, springtime a couple of years ago. I took my mom there. And she was actually very surprised at how much it's changed since she last uh, visited several decades ago because uh, they are continuously uh, reconstructing more buildings and um, uh, there were like some parts of history uh, of the palaces are rather sad because of the colonization period and uh, it's taking uh, I guess gradual effort to bring it back to the old glory so it is improving as years go by. Also, Seoraksan Mountain and the East Coast in general is also a great place to visit with lots of fun memories for me. Uh, what about you? Uh, let's go off the list one more time and see what kind of recommendations you might have. Uh, I really like Ganglan on mm, the East Coast. Right. Uh, it's really peaceful. It has a beautiful beach. Uh, you can get good seafood. Uh, so oh, yes. I definitely recommend it there. Uh, if you're looking to go on a short trip in Korea this summer. So that's two recommendations from two of us here to go to the East Coast. So I guess that's hint, hint, nudge, nudge to everyone uh, wanting to visit Korea. All right, now before we move on to the letters and reports portion of the program, let me just remind you that we've got some maintenance work currently underway at our Kimje transmission station. That's right. For the English service, our broadcast on 9.580 megahertz from 0200 to 03. 300 hours UTC will be affected until November 30th. Uh, We do apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. And of course, thank you in advance for your patience. Also, the online version of our Overseas Listener Satisfaction Survey has been closed, but for those listeners who have received the hard copies of the surveys in the mail, please note that you have until the end of August, that's next month, to send them to us. Thank you for your troubles. Well, that's all we've got on our bulletin board for today. Uh, We'll move on to this week's letters and reports after a quick break, so don't go away. You're listening to KBS Listener's Lounge on KBS World Radio. It's time now for us to take a look at the listener letters and reception reports. As usual, we've received some fantastic handwritten, typed-up, and emailed comments, letters, and reception reports from you, our listeners, and we'll share some of those with you on this program. 
We'll start with some of the reports that we didn't get to last week because we ran out of time. Listener Deepa Chakrabarty of India listened to us on 9.880 megahertz on June 29th from 1400 to 1600 hours UTC. She used a national Panasonic receiver with a built-in rod antenna and rated the Simpo 44434, which is pretty good. She wrote, listening on shortwave to KBS World Radio is entertaining and enjoyable. Your revised frequency 9. 0.880 megahertz beam to India was good, has good signal strength with occasional interference. I like listening to Korean music and news around the world. I heard the news about Korean President Moon's meeting with the U.S. president, the U.S. accusing China of money laundering for North Korea, and the news of Korean actor Son Yeonju winning the Best Actor Award at the 39th Moscow International Film Festival. Well, thank you very much for your report, Deepa. And listener N. Arun Kumar of India also listened to us on 9.880 MHz on July 1st from about 1525 hours UTC. He used an ICOM IC718 receiver with a 20-meter-long wire inverted V antenna, and he rated the Simpo 3 across the board. He also wrote, When I tuned in to Mighty KBS World Radio at about 1525 hours UTC, an English song with music was being broadcast. As the disturbance increased, I could not identify the song. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for referring to us as the mighty KBS World Radio. I quite mm. like that name. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, 1500 to 1600 hours UTC on 9.880 megahertz is now quite notorious for the QRM by uh, China Radio International. Uh, but thank you very much, Aaron. Listener Noor Hassan of India left us an online reception report saying that he listened to us on 9.880 MHz on July 2nd from 14.50 to 15.50 hours UTC. He said he used a Grundig digital receiver and rated the Simpo 5 across the board. He also noted that he took our online overseas listener satisfaction survey. So thank you very much for your report and also taking the survey. Our Bangladeshi monitor, Mizanur Rahman, also sent us a log for 9.880 MHz, and that was dated July 1st through 5th. He used a Grundig digital receiver with a compact antenna to listen to us from 1400 to 1500 hours UTC, and he rated the Simpo 3 across the board for all five days. He said that the reception condition was fair, although there was some interference by several stations as well as some noise. Thank you for the report, Mizanur. Listener M. Salim Akhtar Chadar of Pakistan left us a number of reports on 9.880 MHz recently as well. On July 1st, he said that he tuned in to us on the frequency from 1400 to 1600 hours UTC and rated the Simpo 54545. He dropped by again several days later and wrote that he listened to us on 9.880 MHz between 1400 and 1600 hours UTC on July 8th, 9th, and 10th, rating the Simpo 5455. 455 and 54555 once again, respectively. He also wrote, News about all over the world and especially Korea help keep me informed about current affairs. K-pop songs touched me. I like Korean culture and food very much. K-drama, K-cinema. I like K-dance the most. And I think Hanbok is very charming. Thank you very much from M. Salim Akhtar Chadar, Seven Stars Listeners Club. Thank you very much for your report and also for uh, like the Korean culture so much. And here's another report on 9.880 MHz. Listener Shivendu Paul of India sent us a couple of emails earlier this week, which included a reception report for July 7th, when he listened to us from 1400 to 1500 hours UTC. He used a Grundig YB80 receiver with a normal antenna, 
and rated the Simpo 4 across the board. He not only attached an audio recording of the broadcast, but he also sent us some photographs of students practicing yoga. And he wrote, June 21st was International Yoga Day. Our school students observe this day by practicing yoga. We discussed about the utility of yoga in our lives. I am sending you some photos related to this yoga day program. I know your country observes this day too. Our school students want to know if Korean school students are interested in yoga. We regularly practice yoga, drawing and poem recitation in class with our students and we observe different cultural programs. They are very interested in your programs too. I think it's wonderful that your students practice yoga in class at school. I hear that it's really helpful, especially for kids who have problems concentrating or calming down. And I've even read news articles about some Western schools replacing detention with meditation and yoga. And apparently it's really, really uh, effective. I'm pretty sure it's more effective than those fidget spinners. Now, unfortunately, I have yet to hear such news about Korean schools. I think yoga is mostly practiced by women in Korea for the time being, but hopefully its popularity will grow with men and children too. There are a few guys in my yoga class, but I've yet to see anyone younger than my college, uh, younger than college age in this class. Um, as for school activities, I remember fine arts, music, and physical education being a regular part of the curriculum at school. We also learned to make cars. I mean, I'm thinking elementary schools because that's, that's the only school I went to here. Um, but yeah, we learned to make cars, paper flowers, or write letters to parents on special occasions and learned how to bow and stuff for the holidays and how to wear hanbok and how to address your rel- older relatives and whatnot. So uh, cultural slash etiquette. Uh, related traditional stuff were taught at school. I guess it wasn't really a part of the curriculum, but it's up to the individual teachers to teach. It's no yoga, (laughs) but I think uh, such activities definitely made school more interesting and also taught uh, the students uh, not only um, academia, but, you know, stuff that's really useful and and, uh, also, um, I guess, practical in everyday lives. Well, hope that answered your question, and thank you for your report and also for sharing your photos with us. Next up, we'll share with you a beautifully written letter and reception report by our UK monitor Grant Skinner, who used a silver pen to write on a piece of black patterned paper, and he wrote, Dear KBS World Radio, I tried to listen to your broadcast on June 6th on 15.595 MHz at 1320 hours UTC on a Grundig YB400 with an extendable rod and that gave a simpo of 15111. The weather has been nice and sunny here, so I expected KBS World Radio to be on, but unfortunately it wasn't, so I have come to two conclusions. The engineer switches on the transmitter when he wants to, or you need a relay station like the German and French sections, which makes sense since you are very far away. I would like to make a suggestion, the relay station in Santa Maria, Vatican. Ever since the 1st of June 2017, No signal has been coming to England. I thought with the sun being 99 degrees outside, the signal would be loud and clear. Is another radio station blocking the signals? Well, good question. (laughs) Well, Grant's reception logs goes as follows. June 6th, 15.595 megahertz, 19 uh, meter band, not been on for ages. 9.570 megahertz, 31 meter band, not on. 9.515 megahertz, 31 meter band, simple 15151, someone there, but too much noise. 9.640 megahertz, 31 meter band, not on. 
Well, Grant Road, 15.595 megahertz, but I think it's pretty obvious that it's just a typo. He's been listening to us for far too long to not know that it's actually 15.575 megahertz. And Grant, we assure you, the signal does not depend on the engineer's mood swings. Uh, it is on. It just has difficulty reaching the Great Britain, I suppose. And yes, we have been requesting for a relay station, a relay signal for a while now. But German and French sections seem to get priority because they only have one or two broadcast slots uh, as opposed to the more than 10 that we have, actually. Yeah, true. It's been a while since we've got a report of a clean, strong signal in the UK. But there have been some days where we did receive some good news from the region. If you're listening, Grant, perhaps you want to give our 22-hour UTC broadcast on 11.810 MHz a go. Uh, that's because listener Alan Rowe of Middlesex, England, sent us an online reception report recently on the frequency. And although it wasn't spectacular... It was still far better than 15151. Right. Um, Alan said that he tuned in to us on 11.810 megahertz using an ELAD FDM-S2 SDR receiver with a 17-meter long outdoor antenna. And he rated the simple 35333 from 2200 to 2230 hours UTC, which deteriorated to 15231 from 2230 to 2240 hours UTC. He wrote, fair reception at tune-in. At 2200 UTC, but signal became weaker by 2230 UTC and unusable by 2240 UTC. And he also gave us lots of details on the content he heard and left a message saying, I was very pleased to catch your English program this evening as I missed your previous relays in English via overseas transmitters. I still listen regularly to some of the music programs in the French and German language transmissions via French and UK transmitters, which usually are heard very well here. I still live in hope that one day you will reinstate an English relay again. It was good to be able to catch up on your news programme again today, and I hope that the reception continues and improves at this time so that I can continue to hear your programme. Well, that makes the two of us in uh, living in hope that we can uh, get a, an English relay again. So again, we will continue to request a relay, but it seems the French and German teams get priority for the time being. Thank you to both Grant and Alan for staying with us despite the subpar signal condition. And we also hope that uh, you'll be able to hear us clearly very soon. Now going back to 15.575 megahertz. Our U.S. monitor, Russell Summers, continues to keep us updated on the reception conditions in the state of Indiana. Most recently, he sent us a couple of reception reports dated July 9th and 10th. He said that he tuned into us on 15.575 MHz on these days using a Yachtboy YB400PE receiver with a telescopic antenna and that yielded a SIMPO rating of 24452. Thank you very much for your reports, Russell. Moving on, listener Salahuddin Dolar of India also sent us an email after listening to us on 9.515 megahertz from 1600 to 1700 hours UTC from July 1st through July 6th. He used the Grundig YB400 receiver with the telescopic antenna and said that the overall condition remained fair throughout the week with a constant simpo of three across the board. Thank you very much for your report. Our monitor PS Sakar of India sent us reports on the frequencies. 9.515 MHz and 9.640 MHz on July 2nd and 8th most recently. He gave us some details on the contents he heard and he rated the SIMPO 4 across the board for both frequencies on both days. 
He also noted that he used a Texan 606 receiver with a telescopic antenna. Thank you always for your reports. And listener Atish Bhattacharya of India also sent us a report on 9.515 megahertz. He listened to us on the frequency on July 4th from 1600 to 1700 hours UTC using a Grundig Yacht Boy 80 receiver with the long random suspended wire as external antenna. He rated the Simpo 45444, which is pretty good, and gave us loads of details on the programs he heard, including the news, soul calling, drama lines, and the soul travelogue. And he also wrote... KBS Bod Radio English language broadcast was loud, clear and stable. The signal strength was very good. There was no interference. There was very slight noise and propagation fading problem was there though overall. Uh, the overall quality of the reception was very good and the Simpo rating was 45444. Thank you very much for that, Atish. Next up, uh, I think we have time for one more report, uh, and it's from listener Harun or Rashid of Bangladesh. He tuned in to us on 7.275 megahertz on July 12th. He wrote 1900 to 2800 hours UTC, but he must have meant 1800 to 1900 hours UTC. And uh, if you're listening right now, Harun, we would greatly appreciate a confirmation. Meanwhile, he rated the simple five across the board and wrote, Hey, great KBS radio. Thank you you so much for your awesome program. I love all of your programs very much. Well, thank you very much, Haroon. And that's all the time we have for the letters, emails, and recession reports from you today. We'll be sure to send out the corresponding QSL cards to everyone who requested. It's now time to take a peek into KBS World Radio's mailroom with our mail correspondent, Yunha Lee. Here is... Inside the Mailbox. Hello and welcome to Inside the Mailbox. I'm Yoonha Lee. In this weekly corner, I share updated information from our Facebook page, as well as news about events, and answer listeners' inquiries. Also, I tell you how to navigate our KBS World Radio English Service website. First up, let's go over to our Facebook page. A couple weeks ago, we posted a photo of the new listener's souvenir on our Facebook page, which I'm sure many of you have seen by now. We prepared two pink leather patches with the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics mascot Suorang and two yellow ones with the other mascot Pandabi. These gifts were sent out last month as the Your Two Cents winner souvenirs, so congratulations if you receive one. Also, if you have any souvenir recommendations, please let us know via email or Facebook. If you'd like to see our new listener souvenirs, make sure to head on over to our English Service Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash EnglishKBS. Now let's move on to website directions. Let's dive back into our previous special programs this week. First on the website, go to the Archive section, which is on the right side of the screen towards the bottom of the page. On the Archive page, there's a list of all the special programs we aired in the past, sorted by year. Click on 2016 and the fourth one from the bottom will say KBS World Radio Special Program. This takes you to the Visit Seoul 2016 webpage. In celebration of the Visit Korea year, KBS World Radio hosted a special outdoor program in Myeongdong, central Seoul. This event was held in cooperation with Seoul City and Seoul Tourism Organization in order to introduce the hottest Korean wave tourist attractions in Seoul and various summer events for tourists. We also held special programs by three K-pop acts. 
On the webpage, click on the video player to watch the special outdoor program and scroll down to see the hosts, guest artists, and photos from the event. Lastly, at the bottom of the page, there are links to the Seoul Metropolitan Government and Seoul Tourism Organization websites, so don't forget to check these out for more information. You can also get information on Seoul Calling's Wednesday Corner, Seoul Travel Tips. Join our host, Sort Ho, from the Seoul Tourism Organization as he introduces the latest and hottest travel tips for Seoul. And that's it for this week's Inside the Mailbox. Until next time, this is Yoon Ha Lee. Have a nice weekend! Well, that's all we have for you this week on KBS Listener's Lounge. We hope you enjoyed the show. This has been Lawrence Taylor. And this has been Kim Ji-yeon. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>